0: Of the Stay Home Dad podcast. My name is Peter, I am the Stay Home Dad, and today's topic of discussion is traveling with kids. Kids, in my case, that are five and a half and two and a half. Uh, And we're going to go over a few things on how we approach travel plans, Uh, where we're going, what we're doing, and how we do things. So let's dive right into it. So, first things first, traveling always starts with a destination, of course. Now, we choose to have those destinations within driving distance within Europe. We live in the Netherlands, as you might know from earlier episodes, uh, so anything within Europe is effectively drivable. Uh, Coupled to that is that we have a few favorite spots to go to, um, meaning we keep our driving to maximum, let's say, a 1,000 kilometers. Now, the underlying reason for this is that we don't feel that at this point in time, uh, with the boys being 5.5 and 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 2.5, uh it doesn't really matter where we take them uh it doesn't we don't really see the point to fly them to nicaragua uh, to lay on the beach there because there's beaches here in holland as well now granted the weather is not so nice uh, but for the kids it doesn't really matter as long as there's something to do uh, whether that's a playground uh, a pool or some sport whatever they'll be happy so we don't really see the added value in taking them really far uh, making the journey obviously expensive and complicated Um, just in order to give them some kind of different experience, which they won't have. Uh, That's something for, you know, a later point in time, maybe when they're 10 or something, uh, then sure, we can go on far away holidays that they will actually remember. Uh, But the current situation is that we don't feel that it adds any additional value uh, to take them far away, so we stay relatively close by. Now, limiting our sort of effective range to, let's say, a thousand kilometers, Has a few consequences and the main consequence is our mode of transportation um europe isn't that big Uh, anything is flyable uh, but we choose to mainly take the car reason for this mainly is the flexibility that the car offers Um, obviously with planes and trains and boats even you're stuck to schedules and those schedules cannot be changed Um, and the car gives us a bit more freedom in terms of when we leave Um, How long we go, how fast we're going obviously, Uh, but also things like stopping on the go uh, when the kids are cranky, you want to stop a bit more or longer. Uh, When the kids are doing great, you can drive a bit further and sort of adjust your journey that way. We like the flexibility that that gives us and sort of the options that it gives us along the way rather than being stuck in a situation and having to deal with it then and there. Obviously the benefit of a car is also that you can take more stuff, uh, for example with a ski trip or a longer holiday you can physically take more things with you because you can just chuck it in the boot and all is well. For the boys it's pretty nice as well we think because um, going with the car, packing the car, uh, getting the snacks is a bit of a sense of it makes it a bit of an adventure for them. Um, they can look out the window, see some things uh, and inside the car obviously they can move around a bit more than you would for example in an airplane. Uh, They can't physically get out because they're stuck in their kid seats, obviously, Uh, but they can play a bit, have some snacks, listen to some music, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's just a bit more relaxing for them as well. And on top of that, there is the speed. Here in Europe, the distances aren't that far, uh, so usually the car is really the quickest way to get to places. Uh, Flying is fast, of course, the trains are convenient, of course, Uh, but don't forget that you have to get to and from the airport, uh, to and from the train station. Then you got to wait for flights, and when you arrive on the other end, you still have to get physically to your destination. Uh, Which usually involves a lot of waiting, uh, several modes of transportation, Um, you know, you have to carry things around to keep the kids together and everything. It doesn't make life much easier. Uh, And that's actually something we'll get back to uh, later on in this episode. Uh, But overall, the car is generally fast. It's a one-stop shop, you know, you get in, you drive, and you get to your doorstep of your destination. Uh, So it is really, you know, quick, fast, easy way to travel here in Europe. And on top of that, it's usually the cheapest way as well. Um, We drive a big diesel, so, you know, a tank of diesel usually to get to the destination and maybe a tank back. That is usually the maximum in costs that we have to spend. And if you start looking at uh, plane tickets, you know, it gets quite scary quite quickly sometimes. So that is a few basics in terms of destination and transportation. Now, we travel quite often uh, anything from weekends away to our yearly ski trip in Switzerland. Uh, So maybe at this point, interesting to give you a bit of a rundown on how we approach a big trip. Um, For example, end of this year, we have a wedding in Berlin, which is in Germany, and it's about 700 kilometers from where we live. Um, So, you know, quite the undertaking uh, to get from here to there and back. So this is how we approach things. Now, starting with some basic planning, of course. Uh, How far is it? When are we going? Which day of the week are we going? Uh, And which route are we taking? Uh, 700 kilometers, like I said, so, you know, quite a bit... Uh, of driving to do uh, not quite far enough really to do it in a two-day stint you might think uh, but certainly too far to go in a one-day journey I'm not saying it's impossible uh, but it is certainly not very desirable to sit in a car for more than seven hours Uh, especially for the kids you know that's no picnic and understandably so I mean if you're stuck in your child seat uh, even with all the toys in the world it's not going to be that much fun Uh, take into consideration that you have to stop probably several times Um, you know, anywhere from toilet breaks to fuel stops, um, it's going to be a long day if you try to cram it all in one day. So in this case, we decided to do it with an overnight stay, uh, meaning we cut our journey in half effectively, uh, making the whole experience much more uh, relaxed. We do the same when we drive to Switzerland, which is about a thousand kilometers from here. Um, We really pick sort of a point somewhere halfway that we want to pass for sure, and then we just take an overnight stop and do the rest of the journey the next day. That makes it much more uh, bearable that first day, Uh, add to that that you have a nice night's sleep in a proper bed, Uh, you have some breakfast in the morning in sort of a quite relaxed atmosphere, and then you just have a bit more driving to do the next day. So that makes the whole journey much more relaxed and much more manageable, especially for the kids. Uh, So that's the approach we're taking for the Berlin trip as well. So with basic planning out of the way, it is time to get a bit more practical. Now, practical for the car obviously means fueling it up and topping up all the fluids to make sure everything is in working order for the long journey. Uh, But it also means getting more practical uh, at home with packing. Now, this wedding is on a Friday, so we'll leave on a Thursday, uh, meaning we'll pack Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We don't really have like a a huge packing moment or anything where everything needs to happen. Uh, We sort of pack over those days uh, when laundry is done, for example. Now, sort of as a rule of thumb, uh, we don't like to take many little bags, but we prefer to take a few big bags. Uh, So my wife and the kids will have like one big suitcase, for example, and will be like a little bag with some stuff for me on the side. And then that's a nice lean setup. Uh, Obviously, you can, you know, divide that over individual bags for everybody, but it just makes it unnecessarily complicated. Uh, This way it stays nice and easy. Uh, Besides that, we usually have a few things extra to take, um, you know, a toilet seat for the little one, for example, or uh, maybe presents in case of the wedding, uh, suits, that kind of stuff. Uh, And luckily, the car's boot is big enough, so it gives you a bit of flexibility on how you pack those things. Now, I am the one that packs the car, uh, not to sort of reaffirm my masculinity or anything, uh, but I'm just better at it than my wife. Uh, Plus, she probably couldn't care less how it's packed as long as it goes. So uh, that's what I do, and I make sure everything fits nicely without getting damaged or wrinkled. And then the boot is closed and stays closed, probably in this case on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, you know, that's not a hard rule or anything, uh, but in a, in essence, it's once it's shut, it's shut. Uh, because by the time you reach that point, you don't really need to take any more stuff. You know, generally you tend to overpack anyway. Anything that isn't in the car by then is probably not necessary. Uh, you know, bar, toothbrushes or anything, maybe. Uh, but overall that's the way we do it and then we get to uh, maybe the most important part of the preparation which is buying snacks now why are the snacks so important Uh, there's a couple of reasons Uh, the first is that it uh, is the moment that the boys really get involved in the process uh, because i take them uh, either one or both of them uh, to the supermarket to select the snacks for the journey which means it becomes very tangible and very real for them Um, and they can usually um, you know have a big say in what we're taking so that makes it really cool for them that they're part of the process the second reason is that it sort of heightens the anticipation because when the snacks are purchased uh, that means we're pretty much ready to go and are almost going so that is sort of a you know a cool moment that is like ooh it's almost there the journey and then there is the fact that without snacks the journey simply isn't happening in my household now, I eat a lot to begin with, uh, but my boys eat a lot of food as well, and without proper food in the car, it is just not happening. Then everybody will be grumpy in no time, and the whole journey will just be pretty grueling altogether. So, uh, getting the right snacks is key, uh, not only in terms of having snacks in general, but also what we're getting. Because it's easy, of course, to get Snicker bars and Skittles uh, with some Red Bull, and they'll be super happy with it, but then 10 minutes later, it's a complete meltdown in the back of the car, so that's not working. Uh, So it is uh, key to buy strategically, I know, lots of vegetables, some fruit, uh, and some things without sugar as well, uh, but maybe a few candies here and there uh, thrown in just to make it a bit more fun for them. Uh, So, you know, the whole snack situation uh, is key for us in order to have a pleasant journey for everybody, but also just to stay, you know, um, fed in the car uh, and not having to stop so often because you have food with you. So we usually do a good combination, like I said, fruit, uh, things without sugar, maybe salty steaks, um, nuts and seeds, that kind of stuff. Uh, but also just bake sandwiches with, you know, ham, cheese, egg, whatever it might be. Uh, so everybody has enough to eat and we don't need to stop, uh, you know, at every gas station to get food. Now, with the bags packed, the car closed and the snacks ready, we are pretty much good to go. And it's just a matter of actually leaving. Now, usually uh, we leave in the evening because usually my wife has to work during the day or the kids have to go to school. Uh, so we tend to leave in the evening around 7 o'clock. We have dinner at 6, let me do the last few things and then we can just get in the car and go. Meaning obviously that we avoid uh, rush hour and the roads are only going to get more empty. Uh, so that is nice in terms of driving and actually covering some ground. Now back to this Berlin trip again. Uh, it is about 700 kilometers to drive like I said before. Um, meaning we obviously want to get as far into the journey as possible on the first stint. Uh, by no means we have anything booked or set um, you know we're going to take things as they come because uh, there could be road works an accident um, you know a kid might be completely having it in the car and not willing be willing to go further um, so you know if it's 200 kilometers in that we have to get a hotel that's fine but obviously we're going to try to get as close to berlin as possible uh, so a little bit depending on how things go uh, we're trying to cover as much ground as possible and just get a hotel Um, you know as close to the destination uh, in the end as we can get Uh, but realistically uh, we're probably looking at you know let's say four hours of driving before we want to go go to bed get a hotel and uh, call it a night so that's nice because then four hours you can cover you know 500 and a bit kilometers easily uh, and then the journey the next day is just short just a couple of hours uh, to get to the city and to get into the city to get to the destination Now that's maybe a good sort of general point to make, Um, the way we travel we like to have a lot of extra flexibility in our schedule. Obviously the wedding is going to be you know at a certain day place and time so by that time we have to be there Uh, but we don't plan it in such a way that we're like okay it's a seven hour drive so let's leave seven hours ahead of the wedding uh, and be there exactly on time. Um, We do plan in such a way that there's plenty of room for you know roadworks, accidents, that kind of stuff that you can't really plan around But also, room to say, like, hey, um, it's, you know, uh, the kids are a bit tired. Let's stop for a bit longer. Uh, Let's have lunch or dinner somewhere. Um, You know, just a lot of extra options in order to sort of adjust things as they go. And that's just the way we like it to have that flexibility, to not have the stress of being pushed into a situation where you have to deal with it then and there and have no other options than to, you know, like, oh, if we don't uh, drive four hours straight now or if we can't average a certain speed right now, we're not going to make it. Uh, we really don't like to travel like that. We like to make it as relaxed as possible for everybody. Now, last point I want to make is about the entertainment for the kids in the car. Uh, we don't do any iPads or screens or DVDs or anything. Um, you might have heard the earlier episode that we did on us not having a TV and very much limiting the screen time they get here at home. Uh, we feel um, we extend rather that to the car as well. So it's super easy to throw two iPads in the back and say, yeah, see ya in Berlin, good luck with that. Um, but we feel that is um, maybe a bit of lazy parenting, but also has long-term consequences that are undesirable. Uh, Because then as soon as you start doing that in the car, that becomes the norm, and then you can't do any journey anymore without having iPads in the car. So we don't want that. Uh, We provide different kind of entertainment. So Robert, our oldest one, uh, he really likes his audiobooks, for example. So we give him a set of headphones and say, you know, you can listen to your audiobooks. Uh, like that, so you don't disturb everybody else in the car, uh, and he's pretty content with that. He's you know listens to her stories and all is well. Uh, for Jack, for the little one, uh, we have uh, picture books, coloring books, uh, normal books, uh, really anything uh, you know to keep him entertained, uh, to give him something to do. We might have a few toys uh, like little cars or whatever or animals that they can play with in the car. Uh, just you know other things uh, that are not iPads or screens uh, that keeps them entertained and keeps them happy as well. Combine that with the snacks and maybe some games to play, uh, like you know who can spot the first blue car or who can guess the brand of the car, that kind of stuff. Uh, overall, it is you know much more engaging for the whole family rather than you know they sit in the back with their iPad and we sit in the front and that's it. Uh, and it just has a bit of a you know long term vibe to it as well. Like I said, you know, if, as soon as you start with iPads, that becomes the norm, and we really want to avoid that at least for as long as possible. So that is how we do it in terms of entertainment for the kids. Now that pretty much covers everything in terms of how we travel. Um, So this was the example of a weekend with a wedding in Berlin, which is reasonably far, Uh, but we follow pretty much the same approach uh, when we go on ski holiday to Switzerland, which is even further away. Uh, We also do an overnight stop there Uh, when we stay a bit closer to home. When we go to a holiday house in Germany, for example, which is, uh, let's say a three hour drive, obviously we don't do the overnight stay, but we've pretty much followed the same approach. Uh, with packing, with snacks, and with car entertainment for the kids. Um, you know, easy way, easy going, uh, generous planning, and having enough flexibility in your travel schedule uh, to allow for unexpected things. Um, and overall, that works really well for us. In a few years, that might change. Uh, I said earlier, you know, maybe when they're 10, we can take them on faraway holidays that they'll actually remember. Um, we'll take that as it comes as well. For now, you know, here in Europe, we're perfectly content to go to our favorite spots, um, and even some sort of, let's say, unplanned spots like the wedding in Berlin, for example. Um, that works really well. It's, it's a good routine we have as a family uh, to make those journeys happen. Uh, the boys are always excited to go somewhere. Uh, the sense of vacation is fun. And, uh, you know, knowing that it's not going to be, you know, a grueling undertaking with buses and trains and planes and switching and waiting and all that kind of stuff, it just makes it easier for everybody. And we feel that this is a pretty good setup we have going on right now. Uh, That will change, you know, as we start going further away, but by then the boys are older as well and are hopefully uh, able to manage things, um, you know, pretty well by then. Uh, When it is waiting time at the airport, for example, when they're a bit older, it just becomes easier. Uh, But at this point in time, this works great for us. So that was it for this podcast. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. If you have any uh, tips, tricks or suggestions on how you hack your traveling, then we are always happy to hear about that of course if you have any feedback on the episodes we're keen on that as well because nothing better than to improve our performance from our end uh, after suggestions that you make as the audience you can of course reach out to us uh, either through facebook instagram or all the other platforms that i'll link in the uh, episode notes or episode description Uh, until then though i hope you guys enjoyed it share this with your friends and i'll catch you in the next one cheers